Hey everyone, you're tuned into InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy. Join us as we talk about anything and everything. All the stuff that makes life interesting. So let's get to it. Hey everybody and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm your host Jeff. I'm Amy. And today we are continuing our discussion on COVID-19. That's right. So this is Pandemic Volume 2. We mentioned that we would likely do a series on this because this is a long-term thing, or at least for our near future. So we're recording this particular episode on Thursday, March 19th. Uh, at this point in time, there are only 11 cases in our province, which is New Brunswick in Canada, and... Um, Good news is there weren't any new cases in the last 24 hours, but we know that that is... Uh, that is going to change. That is going to change. And of course, the number of tests being conducted uh, obviously has a direct impact on the number of cases that are detected. But uh, we'll take that good news when we can get it. But a major event happened in terms of our province today in that a state of emergency was declared. Yes, a state of emergency where they closed all uh, non-essential buildings really like the only ones that are really open are grocery stores and um uh, car repair sh- shops and what other ones oh quite a few so there are what, grocery stores pharmacies yeah. uh car repair there's you know some construction supply stores i believe anyways we won't go through the whole list but they're they've basically moved to um close closing non-essential mm. services and you know i a lot of people, I think, start to get into a bit of a panic mode when they hear a uh, state of emergency, but it really is a good thing. It's a positive step uh, for the government to take. And I know I've personally been really proud of how proactive our provincial government uh, has really been and also, been. Or, you know, at, at, at the federal level as well. But I think we're lucky, though, because we are able to look back at some of the mistakes that previous places have made trying to contain this virus and we can look ahead and see the steps that need to be taken and take them. Absolutely. It's, uh, we're, we're sort of learning from others mm. because we're sort of at the, you know, a little bit further along in the game in terms of, uh, of the uh, overall pandemic. But um, I say further along the game, it was it, we weren't hit as early as some countries were. So, you know, we've watched what they've gone through and our politicians are being proactive. And, you know, criticism is often received when the action is taken and then within days... I think the the vast majority of the public realized that that was the right step to take. When the schools were closed, there was some pushback on that. And then when daycares yeah. were closed, there was more pushback on that. But I think even now, less than a week, uh, you know, or probably, I guess, uh, two weeks ago, uh, well, this that is, those decisions were made. People have a very yeah. different view uh, of what, you know, what impact that, that type of intervention can have, what positive impact. So when I hear state of emergency, I think... It, this is something that has empowered our government to enforce the what they were before as recommendations for social distancing and for businesses. Now they can actually make them a requirement and it allows mm-hmm. them to protect the residents. They can do things like uh, not allowing landlords to evict uh, tenants for a set period of time, uh, knowing that people are under financial stress. So there's a lot of positive things. So I just would, you know, I just would like to say for our listeners, when you hear state of emergency, don't hear panic in right. that here, um, you know, that there's, there's power and tools and resources being made available, uh, by our provincial government to our provincial government, uh, by enacting that. And, uh, the more preemptive that they 
you know, the decisions that they made, the more preemptive they were, the better it is in the long run because they can get ahead of it. It's definitely the whole, the short term pain, Mm. long term game type of scenario. So we, uh, we're going to spend this episode really just talking all about everything that we're going through. Yeah. And, and some more tips, uh, you know, around infection control and, and, and that. And stress, dealing with your stress, I think as well. I, I, you know, I don't know if uh, loyal listeners of the podcast have noticed, but I am not really super stressed out guy often. But uh, this uh, pandemic and just the, the whole different way of living our lives has really has really affected me. I feel like I'm, I'm much more stressed out than probably I ever have in my whole have been in my whole life because I'm worried about about the family. You know what I mean? I worry about the future and stuff, but all the steps are being taken to, you know, make the right choices. And so you just got to trust in that, you know. That's one of the a good point. One of the key messages that our uh, our provincial medical health officer uh, gave in one of her recent briefings was around mental health and and that mental health is as as important as physical health and that we mm-hmm. need to to take care of that and and be aware of it. People who uh, typically may have been qu- quite laid back, yeah, and, uh, may not. And you know, the other thing is is not to um, not to be, I guess unaware of what our kids are picking up just from being around us even when we think we're sheltering them from television shows uh, or sorry like you know the news and that sort of thing right they, they, they they're listen. picking up they on pick our discussion they're picking up on our own stress and we can't protect them 100 percent. but sometimes it can come up as things that are a little bit you know like li- it did for our kid today like he was kind of complaining that he wasn't feeling so well but we we took his temperature and he he ended up feeling fine but we feel that he was just—it was his way of showing that he was perhaps a little stressed about everything. I think, yeah, I think he's feeling it, and and stress is contagious in and of itself. Of course, and we have been conscientious of that, you know. And there are ways to speak to your child about this virus for them to understand as well, because I really don't feel like children should be necessarily left in the dark about it, about what's going on. They should know the severity, they should know the seriousness of it, but they shouldn't—they shouldn't be, you know stressed out they don't need to know every single detail well that's right i think everybody including ourselves we as adults we need a mental break every once in a while from the news from the media we need to keep ourselves informed but we don't need to keep ourselves informed every five minutes that's right um you know doing a a few check-ins at certain points during the day to you know maybe checking on your provincial or state uh news briefing and then your maybe your your national news briefing to to be aware it's um yeah, we have to be conscious of that. Yeah, as, I think as, I think one of the sources of my stress too is that I'm an essential worker. Like I can't just stay home. I can't do my work from home. So it's a you know it's it's always stress when stressful when you have to leave uh, your home to go someplace else where you don't really know how careful people are, you know, trying to combat this uh, this pandemic. So that's right. There are a lot of people who don't have the option of staying home, and uh, and you know. Thank goodness for the people who are doing that important work too. Yeah, the grocery store, people in stock in the shelves, the pharmacists filling our prescriptions. It's incredible. uh, All, of course, medical staff and fire and police, all of our protective services, 
all of those, uh, you know, the things that we sometimes take for granted, they're sort of keeping our lives running in the background and, and they're putting themselves out there and they're all going back to their It's so creative too. too, the way small businesses and larger businesses are adapting to this pandemic to still give their business to their customers. You know, like a lot of businesses are delivering and whatnot and, you know, takeout for restaurants is still still allowed for now. But uh, it's really interesting the way, the creative ways in which businesses can um, have been, um, you know, adapting to this. Yeah, people have been acting really creative and, uh, and I think it's important. I think it's important to keep everybody's mm-hmm. spirits up and, you know, to give them some, you know, uh, continued revenue stream. So keep an eye out for those opportunities to support your local businesses Gift and entrepreneurs. And, and so um, you'll notice that we're releasing this episode. We normally have always done our episodes every Tuesday. And that's sort of our, our schedule is uh, Tuesday evenings we release an episode. But we decided to, well, uh, probably. We have a lot of time double up yeah frankly we have more time on our hands (laughs) and lots to talk about um you know and uh, with the pandemic going on so we're hoping that you'll listen and maybe feel a little bit of a social connection with us i know we're all sort of you know reach out and say hello craving some uh if you have any questions for us about covid19 we're not professionals of course but if you have any questions for us and direct them to uh a a reputable site (laughs) instead so you know some of the great sites and i keep mentioning them i think in each episode where we talk about this the world health organization is the gold standard at a global level and they are compiling information from all of the different you know we've got the best brains on the planet working towards a solution for this so there are teams you know i've heard that they're you know they've got a vaccine that's been developed and beginning testing in china as well as in uh, in the U.S. And then I know there's a Canadian team working as well on it. Um, and probably many more. Those are just ones I've heard of in recent days. So, and you, they're, you know, they're working towards that, that solution for us. And uh, it, it's an incredible what can be accomplished when you have an entire world directed towards Absolutely. one problem and, yeah. and, finding, and finding a solution. And uh, we mentioned on the last episode just around the idea of... You know, our, our kids having less social time or they didn't not really having social time with their peers. And as adults, this is probably one of the times when we're appreciating social media more than ever. It's, uh, you know, just an incredible way to stay connected. I can't imagine what we'd be going through without the option of staying connected through it's social true. media. So our kids don't have that as readily available. And one of the things that we did is we started a page on our on Facebook. It's uh, called Pandemic Parenting. So if you're interested in joining that, uh, just search it out and and ask to be invited or so sorry, ask, ask to be added, and I'll add you in there. Valuable resources on there. We just started a couple of days ago, and it was well over a hundred. Uh, parents on there and they're really just sharing all the great resources they're finding on how to keep themselves and their family busy how to keep their kids busy uh drawing people like people teaching drawing methods and stuff for children and all kinds of things there's some on there for adults as well for like watching you know streaming movies free movies and stuff you right know. and we Legal, try to focus yes we, we try to focus the content towards kids but so what it, the intent is is really i guess if there's a, a lull in the day and the, the, yeah. the kids are bored which is, there's bound to be quite a few at, at this point in time 
is to have a, a one-stop shop to hop on and have a look and, uh, you know, just scroll through and find some content to, to keep them occupied. I'm personally working from home at the moment. Um, I may be called in uh, at some point uh, to work in another capacity, but uh, working at home, you need to keep your kids occupied because you can often be you know, involved on a conference call or, or something. And uh, they yeah, can't just be on their Nintendo Switch the whole time. <laughs> no, but you know, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of the uh, a lot mm-hmm. of the resources are screen based, and you know what I. I think it's time, you know, at any time to cut yourself a little bit of slack and uh, you just do whatever you need to do to keep the peace and keep everybody happy and content. And, you know, know, there's some homeschooling resources, but um, I think, you know, a lot of the teachers are just saying as long as you you just keep reading and, and doing some basics. I mean, it's uh, this is this will pass, and they're not going to uh, you know fall fall yeah. behind because of it. It's one of the one of the more um, sort of entertaining and fun things that we've done with our little guy is uh, we've set up uh, screen time through FaceTime, like a video conferencing or whatever it's called, and uh, yes, through Facebook Messenger. Through Facebook Messenger, that's it. And uh, so you know they get to play with all these little different things that you can do with your face, and you open up your mouth. Yeah, and sort of the filters that you'd use on Snapchat. Yeah. And, and and that was an incredibly. I, I could feel like the fun release for both uh, parties. Like my mm. uh, my mother and uh, Huxley had like a nice video conferencing and they were laughing going through all these different things and it was uh it's it's highly recommended if you haven't done something like that already to keep in contact with uh with family and friends and stuff like that is is just the absolute best well you can even do a group chat you can add multiple people so if you wanted to have a friday night cocktail that's right that's what we're planning or coffee you know a sunday morning coffee with friends then you can get together uh you know online and, and just yeah. pretty much everybody who you know is on facebook messenger and has access to that and uh you know it's just basically using your internet so it's a good tool to have and thank goodness we have it available to us it does remind me of a point though that i want to talk about around infection control because i keep hearing this repeated over and over again and it's so frustrating that people are saying they're okay to be around i know them oh, they're I not know. sick and you know my my uh, mother's birthday was earlier this week and we went out for a visit and we visited them from well over six feet away. They, uh, you know, we, they came outside and we all were outside in the yard and we kept a very safe distance and it was a great visit and we all got fresh air. We spelled happy birthday in the snow. That's or, right. <laughs> as, a, as a card, as a virtual card. A vir- well, a vi- no. as a virus-free card. Virus-free card, that's it. <laughs> so... You know, just because you you know somebody, if if you uh, if you are you know just recently contracting the virus, you may be asymptomatic. If, exactly. Just because somebody doesn't look sick doesn't mean they aren't sick. It's such a strange comment to me because we wouldn't say, it "Really is." Oh, that person has the flu, but I know them. I'm not going to catch it from them. I know. I know. <laughs> but for some reason, people feel as though is if they know somebody, then there's no way they could have this virus, and and that's simply not the case. It's highly I contagious, know that, um, and it's not. You know, it's not. Uh, it shouldn't put people off that you need to keep a distance. I think it's becoming well known, and I think it's probably one of the greatest acts of love you can do for your your relatives, your friends, and for your community as a whole to keep that distance. Yeah, it's really nice. We we go to this local park called Rockwood Park here close to our home. 
And we, we just stay on a trail where there's really not that many people, but every once in a while, a couple of people walk by and there's still that really nice civility, that Canadian civility where you, people walk by and they're like, Hey, how you doing? And then some of them even say, stay safe, you know, and which is really, really heartening, you know, which is great. It is. And, uh, you know, just some tips around if you are going out to the parks and trails, it's it's an interesting time because this virus really has driven a lot of people out into nature. You know, we're cooped up inside, so then we we go out to nature, but we have to find places that aren't, aren't really super populated. Exactly. We we actually drove to one location this evening <clears> and uh, it was and packed. It was packed. So we went around, and found another place. Now, it was just an open trail system, but the trails were quite narrow. So we knew we would be passing a lot of people. So we went to a place, uh, we went, well, we actually went to our Rockwood Park and yeah. there's a, there's a section where there's a, a wider road or sort of the width that you could drive a, a vehicle uh, yeah. through. So it allows for a lot of distance. You've got people walking on one side in one direction and the other. And, and because, you know, it's a lesser known trailer, a less popular trail. It's so important to get that, inf- that, that exercise as well. So, you know, just... Yeah, make the time to get outside and get fresh air, but do it safely because even though you're outside, um, you still need to keep the distance. Because we really don't know, you know, what this pandemic has for us in the future, and we may not be able to go for walks like that in the future sometime. So get it it in now, you know, not trying to be alarmist or anything, but like it, you know, you just, we don't know. Right. No, we don't know what the future holds. And, That's right. Uh, another thing that Jeff and I have done is we've actually removed all of our jewelry. So our, um, yeah. you know, our wedding rings and things, we've taken them all off, put them in a safe place. And, uh, you know, just keeping the nails trimmed up short, not wearing nail polish. You can kind of get a good view of the nails. And it's just, those are all sort of things that they often do in a, in a healthcare setting anyway. It's, it's just good uh, it, it makes the hand washing that's, so that's much easier. That's what I was easier. just going to say. It was, it's incredible. How World's easier. I almost lost my ring a couple of times washing my hands in the early days. So, you know, I'm glad that we decided to do that because I wouldn't want to lose it. Right. So it's 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 kind of an odd thing at first. But, you know, again, it's just in the, in the name of infection control. It makes hand washing a whole lot easier. And uh, I don't know if, you know, <clears throat> I mentioned... Uh, that there's a, sometimes an overdose of news and information on this type of stuff, and I'm probably as guilty as anyone because I, I tend to eat you it You watch up. the major ones, though. I do watch yeah. the major ones, and I also try to the look at some of the, the research that's coming out around the virus, and and it, it does keep changing. It's, you know, they're discovering new things by the, by the day, by the hour on it, and one of the major things that came out this week was around how long it lives on surfaces. Yes. So um, I had read a study... I think it was Harvard uh, who had put it out earlier this week. Anyways, it, it came out of the U.S. and it talked about the virus living on cardboard for up to 24 hours. And that's since been repeated in a few different news cycles. So uh, that must be fairly well, uh, I guess, accepted at this point that, that, that that's a p- possibility. So what that... Um, We'd already been doing this, but just kind of in case you weren't already thinking this, 
we have a mail slot and when the mail comes through our mail slot i literally i put on gloves and pick it up and put it straight into the garbage <laughs> <laughs> except for the, um, the the important mail we, i'll open up save. if i have something i'll open up uh i'll open it up set it on the floor and take off my glove take a picture whatever it is so i have the image on my phone mm. and then just throw out uh anything that has come in through the mail we actually there's not very much now we don't that get we much get mail. it all yeah. comes electronically anyway but just be conscious of uh parcels and things that you're getting that you may you know, not everything can you throw out. Yeah, that calls you... in, that calls into question. Just, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, that calls into question, like, you know, getting takeout and stuff. Like, how how safe is that? Like, I know that people are probably taking precautions, but we don't know, right? For sure, if they're wearing gloves when they get their pizza box or whatever it is, and and then like it shows it up at our at our home. Well, that could live for 24 hours if that person had the virus. And you know, you know, I'm just saying. But they haven't they haven't stopped that because people need to eat, right? I mean, you know, I don't know. Yeah, this no, is, I mean, something that came into definitely. My head. I know a lot of local businesses are doing takeout mm. and that sort of thing. Um, I think we'll probably learn more as we go along. But maybe just you know, be thinking of those types of situations and try to minimize the potential for mm-hmm. for the you know the virus. Um, if if say if you do get a parcel or something delivered, maybe it's setting it aside for that twenty four hour time period if you've ordered something through Amazon, because it's not just contamination at the point of packaging, but also you've got um, whoever's delivering it is handling multiple parcels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, depending on which company is delivering it, there's so many different delivery companies. It was just something to think about around the cardboard piece. It also calls into question when you're bringing home groceries, uh, you know, how should you deal with items that you're bringing into your home and making sure that they're, you know, that they don't have the virus on them. So we've actually been, we, we had stocked up on groceries and hadn't had to get anything uh, perishable really recently, but the non-perishables, I've actually um, set them aside in the house uh, and I'm going to leave them. They're saying now, I've read anywhere from two to three days to three to four days for the virus to live on plastics um, and mm. and stainless steel. Uh, again, from the, that same batch of studies, which could be disproven down the road. By the time you listen to this podcast, it could be <laughs> it Things could are be changing changed, right? so rapidly. But just in that... thinking of that and thinking that it could be on plastic, so things like bread bags. And then when you're at the grocery store, you know, paying attention, you're getting a few items. Self-checkout may be the way to go, depending on what the practices are of the store. If the cashier isn't disinfecting their hands or their gloves in between mm. each checkout then essentially they're checking out the person's items before you then that person has touched all of those items the cashier has then touched them and then they're touching all the items they're putting in your cart so they're essentially passing along what they've touched there's a lot since they've last opportunity uh, for and the gloves protect protect themselves but it doesn't protect transmission between one item to another Mm -hmm. right so these are just, you know, sort of things to think about when you're out and about getting getting groceries. At this point, we're not supposed to be going out for anything that's not essential. But even at the gas pumps, I mean, you're gripping a handle. If you have gloves, that's that's great. I know not everybody has uh, gloves. They're kind of in uh, short demand now. But if you don't have gloves, you know, even making sure that you use, use your sleeve you, you can use a piece of paper towel sometimes they'll yeah. have those wipes at the pumps and actually then, maybe not your sleeve right if you have hand sand no don't use your sleeve yeah. <laughs> definitely don't use your sleeve because then what you'll do is contaminate your your sleeve, sleeve and then you're a lot of people are what they're doing to avoid touching their faces they're basically wiping their right. sleeve on their face yeah. so keeping your so sleeves clean is also an important piece mm. of the infection control 
right? Except for the part where you sneeze into and you can't bother. <laughs> There's that piece, right? But that's your own sneeze. That's to protect. Yeah, that's that's, true. To, that's to protect other people when you do that, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I know that a lot of this does seem excessive, but we're in an unprecedented excessive times. It lives a lot of, of, a long time on metal as well. Copper right. especially. Stain, stainless steel, copper. It's four days out. on copper, was it? or something? Um, like that? I've heard two to three and I've heard three yeah. to four. Okay. And then I've also heard uh, the big thing, a big discussion that came out this week was that it lasts up to three hours as an aerosol in the air. Now, yeah. apparently would, the study was done in a very, you know, unique environment where it was actually, an, you know, an aerosol type environment. Um not what you would normally find in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, humidity, temperatures, all those things would affect it. But in that unique aerosol environment, they were able to, uh, they found that it could be suspended in air as long as three hours. So I think that put people in a bit of a, you know, again, a more more worried, but I think it was a very specific test. So we'll we'll probably find out more about that in the in the days to come yeah. on how that how that is. I know we're, we're jumping around a little bit, but I'm just going to say that it's nice too. If you do have a loved one or whatever that needs to leave the house to go to work and come back, it's very important to have a routine set for that person when they arrive back at the home. You know, they're not to touch too many things before they get to the bathroom to wash their hands. I know you're really good. When I get home from work, you're, you're there to like make sure all these steps are, are taken care of and that, they're done properly so that there's no chance of, uh, you know, in sharing an effect infection if you have it, you know? So some of the things that you can think about is if you have doors that you're opening and closing often in your home and they don't need to be closed, you can leave them open. That just stops people from grabbing the same doorknob over and over again. And that's right. You know, doorknobs are a key touch point. They talk about disinfecting the surfaces, you know, on a daily basis that are your, your high touch points or uh, high touch surfaces within your home. So keeping some doors open that, you know, if there's a pantry door that you're in and out all the time, you might want to keep that open. Light switches. When you're out in public and you are having to go out for essential items at the grocery store and you're, uh, if you don't have gloves on, you know, make sure that you're grabbing the handle, maybe in a lesser used place, grab at the top, grab really high or really low. Yeah. Um, I, am a bit taller, so I tend to grab high up on a, on a door to open it. Just try to avoid the high touch zones, uh, particularly in public, but also in your own home. It helps. It helps. I mentioned the World Health Organization's website has great resources. They're developing resources and updating them continuously as new research becomes available. One of the ones, and they they do have an an overload of information, not an overload, but they have information for people who are providing care in a hospital setting, uh, you know, what politicians or, or community leaders should be doing. But there is a handout that you can find quite easily just around how to care for somebody within the home with coronavirus um, that's uh, uh, that causes the disease COVID-19. And it gives really great information that will kind of give you a, an idea of what the latest findings are as uh, on how to treat the virus. When you read about how you have to clean surfaces, what types of solutions to use. They have a list of all of the approved solutions for killing the virus. They, um, that's super helpful. They do things like they, you know, the linens of somebody who's infected should be washed at a higher temperature. So things you may not necessarily think of, it might be worth reading through that. You know, it's not, not a copiously long document. It's, it's a couple of 
Yeah. Maybe two or three pages of PDF. Short and concise like it should be but so that people can absorb the information. Right. I think it was just recently updated even just two days ago with the recent inf- most recent yeah. information. The other thing uh, I would like to give as a tip is just always try to be thinking a few steps ahead. And I don't mean by by panic buying because, uh, you know, that's not necessary. Our supply chains are, are, are continuing in that. Absolutely. Get, get what you need. But if you can think a little bit ahead, you can stock up on a couple of items that you might need. So, for instance, um, when we read about the symptoms of this when it first came out and realized that we needed a good thermometer, we went out and got one. And uh, It was the last one there as had, well. Um, there were only three left at the store oh, okay. when I had gone, and, uh, and that was a couple of weeks ago. This week, there was a mention that, um, and, sorry, and at that time, I had stocked up also on two different types of... Um, medication to treat fever which was the symptom so advil and uh so and tylenol which has but, since been debunked so this, as uh, advil right the well, ibuprofen is that debunked right? well well no, you're not supposed to use it apparently oh yes yeah. so this week it has come out that they've right. taken the stance that ibuprofen isn't uh, something that's recommended to treat it so when you hear something like that you know think straight away that maybe i should if you do need it get the tylenol because then Absolutely. The masses, when that type of announcement is made, they run out and they go and get, you know, whatever it might be. So make sure you have your one or two bottles, nothing excessive to deplete supplies. Um, They made an announcement that one of the nearby provinces, the liquor stores were were going to be closing. So, you know, that might be the time to do your final run if that's one of your essentials. Yeah. Um, I'm not promoting going out for things that aren't necessary, but if you, uh, you know, if you can go out early before something becomes incredibly congested, uh, that's the time to do it. So kind of, you know, listen up for those, those recent findings and announcements and try to think a couple steps ahead. And, uh, you know, that'll, that'll help you cope a little bit better, I think. Yeah. And, and I would like to just add that, uh, this is a wonderful opportunity to spend time with your family and whoever you are cooped up with during this, uh, during this pandemic, it's a it's a great time to spend spend that quality time with a, with those people and and cherish it because it's life is short, you know. So I joked with somebody recently. I said, in in nine months, there's either going to be a lot of babies or a lot of divorces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so hopefully exactly. you're on the the side of love and not yeah. <laughs> and not 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 uh, you I know. I think I think we'll push through. Pulling a shining and and uh, being all cooped up together. So as Amy said before, we're going to step up our our frequency with these podcasts because of the times we live in. So all right, I, I still had so much to talk about even in this episode. So definitely looking forward to the next one. Yeah. And uh, stay safe, everybody. Social stay distancing. Safe. It's not a recommendation recommendation anymore. It's a requirement. That's right. Keep yourself safe. Keep your family safe. Keep your community safe. Okay, we love you. Thanks Bye-bye. for living in, living in, <laughs> listening. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can catch up on past episodes at infoquench.com. Or just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And help spread the word about InfoQuench. Till Til next time. time.